This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Joining us now for TD's Your Story, Your Future, is Tim Raposo. Welcome to What She Said. Hey, thanks very much for having me. And you're here today to talk about something that most people don't even want to plan, and that is wills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a survey recently, and the headline number essentially said that 50% of Canadians don't have a will. And I found that a bit surprising, especially how, uh, considering how important the will is to the overall estate planning process. Uh, but it, you're right. People generally don't want to talk about this subject. Well, I think it's because it, there's an old saying in my family, which, was, uh, which is, uh, where there's a will, there's a relative. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you're, you're the opposite. When there isn't a will, what is the way? Because that can cause a whole lot more headaches than actually sorting out. Will. Well, and funny enough, uh, more relatives tend to come out of the woodwork when there is no will. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, sometimes. But uh, no, I think that it's, it's very important to have a will as part of the estate planning process because it clearly identifies what your wants are. And at the end of the day, I think that your estate will be divided. Uh, even if you don't have a will, it just may not be divided the way you want it to. And also, uh, it may cause some grief for those who have to uh, deal with it when you're gone. Yeah, I, I, I think people uh, misjudge how much conflict there can be over wills, unless you know somebody who's been through it. We see it all the time, and I guess it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, when the person is alive, the family dynamic seems to be uh, fine. There's no issues. But as soon as that individual does pass away, you do have these conflicts that arise. And it, it is unfortunate. Uh, having a will does minimize that risk, uh, although it could still potentially happen with the will. But uh, having a will, I think, is the first step to try to minimize that from happening. And again, just reducing the overall um, stress on those left behind. From your experience, why do you think Canadians don't have a will? Is it sort of like people who don't want to have a prenup because they say, well, that's really a divorce agreement. I don't need a will because I'm, I'm healthy. I'm not going to die. Or is it just that they just, it's too complicated to make the decision? Yeah, I think that the analogy to, uh, to the prenup is probably a good one. People generally don't want to talk about what could potentially happen. Uh, I think most people uh, have come to grips with the fact that everyone will pass, and, and that's why it also is a bit surprising uh, that 50% of people don't have a will. But certainly, I, I think it's, it's one of those topics that is difficult for people to talk about. They generally don't want to talk about death and dying, and unfortunately, the will addresses exactly that. Right. And I think it's the discomfort with that topic that uh, sort of hinders people from getting more information on the process and actually going ahead with the next steps. Well, obviously, you're in favor of people getting a will. So why don't we tell our listeners some of the consequences, uh, the laws that are in place, uh, about what happens to your property if you don't have a will? Because there are formulas. 
Yeah, I think we've addressed one of the biggest ones, which is the family conflict. And uh, certainly not having a will means that uh, your estate then is subject to interpretation. And it'll be interpreted by your family members. It'll be interpreted by the courts. And uh, again, it's uh, people will distribute the assets, but maybe not the way that you want it. So I think that's probably the biggest consequence. Uh, the other is there are some tax consequences. Uh, not having a will could potentially mean that the estate uh, would be subject to additional taxation. Uh, if, for example, there is no uh, named beneficiary or if the, uh, the registered plans don't have a beneficiary, typically we'll look to the will to provide some guidance on that. And not having a will would just mean that there may be additional probate fees and other costs involved. Uh, time could also be a concern. Uh, not having a will generally means that uh, it will take longer to distribute and collapse the estate, uh, which could also mean additional costs for managing the estate in the meantime. Uh, and I think the last one we've also touched on, which is the fact that the estate uh, will still be divided but may not uh, go to those that you intended it to go to. Well, one thing I heard recently, which I found surprising, was if an adult child dies without a will, the, the assets are divvied up between the parents. It could be. I mean, the estates can get very complicated, especially if there are minors involved. Uh, we do recommend that you uh, contact uh, certainly your estate planner to discuss that in more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially when minors are involved, there's a whole subset of additional rules and regulations that would apply in that case. So tell us the steps someone needs to go through in order to get a will. It's not that hard, is it? It's not at all, actually, and I think one of the issues sometimes that arises when people talk about these things is cost, and it doesn't even really have to be overly costly. I mean, uh, essentially, you can even handwrite your own will. We call that a holographic will. Uh, We don't necessarily promote that option because it still could be subject to interpretation. However, that's one option. but really, it's, it's quite simple. There are a number of agencies out there that offer this service at a discounted rate, and uh, individuals can just do a little bit of research, and I'm sure you'd be uh, surprised at uh, how inexpensive it is to set it up. So what tips would you give people who are, who are you know, making a will for the fir- or writing a will for the first time? Yeah, I'd say the first step is probably sit down and just itemize or list all of the assets that you have. Uh, By writing it down, I think it'll give you a clearer picture as to exactly the size of the estate that we're talking about. Uh, And then once you do that, I would encourage an open discussion with family. Now, I know that that's not always possible. Uh, There may be certain situations where having that discussion may be problematic. Uh, But wherever it is possible, I think having that open discussion with family would be very important, uh, and it'll help to minimize any sort of future conflicts. Yeah, but speaking of future conflicts, it's not a will isn't something that, that anyone can just do once. You have to constantly go back and update it, or at least, you know, sometimes, because life changes and things can become more complicated, less complicated. You may want to change things, but you have to keep on updating. How, how often would you suggest? Every year? Every two years? Well, we do suggest on uh, every time there's a, a major life change, uh, so marriage, having children, uh, if there is a, a death in the family or an, if you receive an inheritance, uh, there's a major windfall, we would recommend that at those major life moments that you would address the will. Uh, there are a lot of people who may not realize that in some cases the will is actually negated after marriage. 
So once people get married, if they had a will prior to that, uh, that will may no longer be valid. Uh, so at that point, we would encourage you to sit down with the, your financial planner, have a review of the will, uh, talk to your will preparer, see if you either need to amend the existing will or possibly create a brand new one. And I would uh, say then if you separate, obviously, uh, like when does a change in will, when does that the separation agreement override a will or does a will override a separation agreement? Yeah, good question. Uh, again, major life event, and we would once again encourage you at that point in a separation to revisit the will. And having a new will after that sort of a life event just eliminates any confusion. Um, if you don't update the will, then it, again, may be subject to interpretation. And people may feel that your intentions in your will have not changed. However, in reality, they very well may have changed. And in some cases, the case of the separation, they may have changed dramatically. So, Yes, I am no longer leaving everything to my spouse. (laughs) In fact, I'm leaving not very much to him at all. (laughs) Exactly. And there's also the question, you know, I've I've met people, it's one or the other. It's either I'm divvying it up among my children three ways regardless, or no, this one needs it and this one doesn't. And that's a big a big yeah. uh, sort of area of discussion, which is why it's probably important to sit down with your family and explain to them why you're doing what you're doing, because it's your last chance. Once you're gone, you know, you don't want to leave them um, loathing one another. Absolutely. And I would even sort of take that one step further. There are certain uh, sentimental items mm-hmm. that family members have a personal attachment to. And if the will doesn't dictate where those items go, or having the discussion at least would try and minimize yeah. that in advance so that um, you don't have, let's say, family members uh, squabbling over an item that cannot be divided. Uh, If it's a specific physical item, maybe some jewelry or um, who knows, but there there could be situations where uh, the item can't be divided. Now, Tim, where can people find you or more information from TD on the subject of wills? Sure. So TD has a vast amount of information on our website. So I would just ask you to go to the TD website and do a search under wills and estates. And we have a variety of different individuals that could sit down and talk with them about that. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is what she said. Stay with us. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. 
That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.